your body is actually very resilient and it will, it'll correct itself. Um, so what we want to do is we want to do slow, gradual change because I know that a lot of listeners right now are like, okay, I need to overhaul my life. No, don't do that. Don't do that because it's going to be too uncomfortable and you're not going to be able to stick to those habits. So what you want to do is you want to start small. Don't do the all or nothing thing. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show, everyone. I am super excited about today's guest. I have the best guest on here, you know? I'm like so great. I learned so much. These are like little mini workshops just for me, and everybody else gets the benefit. (laughs) All right, today's guest, Elizabeth. Sherman. She is a master certified health and life coach who is passionate about and supports women wanting to improve their health, how they look and feel due to hormonal changes, as well as all of the other stressful demands that seem to accompany this season of life. Oh, what do you mean? (laughs) Such as the hormonal changes that seem to change your body overnight. Isn't that the truth? Good golly. Uh, The physical changes that go along with this phase of life and aging, the emotional demands that accompany your changing family structures, the physiological changes of how your body responds to external stimulus. So true. The mental load that you carry as you change your identity and how you see yourself in the world. So definitely all aspects of everything, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, crazy, if you think about it. Elizabeth hosts a weekly podcast called Done With Dieting, a podcast for the woman who, in spite of all of these demands, who has been socialized to focus on her appearance, oh my gosh, selflessly do for others, and in doing so, becomes the best supporting actress in the movie of her own life. Elizabeth is a Chicago native, but now conducts her coaching business as an expat in Mexico. You go, girl. And meets with her clients through video, focusing on the areas of health, eating, moving, stress, and sleep management, body image, image, and how we think about them through a DEI and feminist lens. Elizabeth, welcome. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Wow. It's funny, like when you hear your own buyer, like, damn, that she's amazing. I need to hire her. Like, this Elizabeth woman. So (laughs) I must say that I was I was reading your about page and about your transformation. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah. And about your mom. So sorry. When she passed away, she had breast cancer. And that seemed like that was your motivating factor to find how you personally could even avoid lifestyle disease, right? And that's even interesting in itself, lifestyle disease, and we can talk about that more. But then how really it was changing your mindset is what it came down to and what you've been taught, what society has taught you. And so let's talk about that a little bit about how it's changed over the generations and how we as women can come together and actually create this magnificent movement of women loving their bodies, loving each other, taking care of one another in the healthiest way possible. So let's take it. You take it from there, girl. 
been okay. running my mouth all day. <laughs> um, so yeah. So just to clarify, my mom passed away in 2001. And mm-hmm. that was really my my beginning point because I saw her body deteriorate in the hospital and it created so much fear in myself that I was like, okay, how do I not get this disease? Because at the time I could see, I was living in Chicago uh, with my entire family and uh, I was single at the time, but I could tell that if I didn't make a change that her fate or what she was going through was going to be my fate just by understanding what was happening in my life and the trajectory of it, I was like, something needs to change ASAP. Otherwise, what she's going through is what's going to be happening to me. And I do not want that. I don't know what I do want, but I know that I don't want that. (laughs) And so that was really my, I remember sitting down at the computer Googling, how do I not get breast cancer? Mm -hmm. And what I found out were that being having extra body fat was a huge risk factor for not only cancer but for many other diseases like heart disease as well as diabetes and all of these other things now i was about 33 at the time and i grew up not knowing anything about health like i just ate i didn't really move much at all um my the way that I was brought up, our bodies were just something that was there. You, mm. I never really thought about my body very much, other than the fact that my body didn't look like the bodies that I saw in magazines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? I know. Yep. Yeah, like Seventeen magazine. I don't look like that girl, and so, like, I, I think that I had this just really bad relationship with my body because I didn't like, I remember talking to a friend of mine. She said something about, I listened to my body and I was like, what the F does that even mean? Yeah. I remember that too. Going, how do you listen to your body? What do you, what? Exactly. I, I just know that I eat and I'm full (laughs) and I stop. Yep. Right. Yeah. And really what it comes down to is just being more mindful, like really tapping in really. That's to me, that's what listening to your body means. And because we, we, especially as women, we go, 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 go. We're like, like we're saying in your bio, right? We're taking care of everybody else and okay. go, go. And then very rarely do we just stop and literally just listen to our bodies and ask our bodies what they want. And I mean, our bodies are amazing absolutely miraculous. And your body will tell you what it needs if you actually do listen. And sadly, myself included, sometimes we push ourselves so badly to where our bodies are screaming at us. And that's when the disease really kicks in. Like the disease is really like a scream, a cry for help from your body. Right. But we are taught to, we are explicitly taught not to listen to our bodies from very young girls. So like, if you think about the diets that you did when you were a teenager, right? Like reading health magazine and you read that like Paulina Poroskova, whatever her name is, um, (laughs) you know, only eats 1200 calories a day and this is what she eats. Right. So now we think, well, if I follow that same diet, I'm going to look like her. But then the diet guru says, well, you're not hungry, right? Because we are hungry if we eat that much. Right. Um, the diet guru says, just drink water. You're not hungry. And so yeah. in that process, we're like, well, my body must be wrong. We are disconnecting mm. our brains from our body and we are explicitly turning off that information that we need to listen to our body. So many women grow up being disconnected from our bodies and not only mentioning hunger signals, but then also emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Well, I don't want to feel the emotion, so I'm going to eat to stuff it down. Yep. Yep. 
Well, if you think about it, uh, we look outside of ourselves for the identity and for how do we take care of it. The, we, we're looking external instead of internal. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Exactly. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so like one of, when we talk about listening to your body and we talk about menopause, for example, Mm. um, one of the things that I teach my clients is how to notice how food makes you feel, how exercise makes you feel. And, you know, you were talking about go, go, go. So Mm. many of us, we will go on a training program, right? We'll we'll buy a, a training program and it says, okay, you need to run five days a week. Well, then one day we're like, God, my body hurts, but I'm supposed to stick to this program yeah. and not pay attention to my body, right? Right. And so that's your body talking to you. When you, like one really great example is alcohol. As we get mm. older... Our bodies don't tolerate alcohol like they used to. So whereas before I could drink three glasses of wine and go to bed and not have a problem at all. But now if I drink three glasses of wine, I am up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Those are the little signs that we need to listen to our body because those are the little signs that our body is saying, hey, wait a minute, you need to do something differently here. Yeah. And I think too, it's like you, you have to, you have to be proactive about it and think, where do you want to be when you're 70 or 80 years young? Right. You have to think like, what do I need to do so that when I'm 80, that I wake up and I feel good and then I'm healthy and then I'm strong. And then I don't have any lifestyle diseases that, so, I mean, where we are right now is where we are, right? You can't do anything about that. Exactly right? The past is the past. However, you've been taught and whatever you've been doing or not doing for your health and well-being, so be it. I mean, I think a lot of times like we get so caught up in that. Oh my God, I should have done this. I should have done that. Look at me. Like, and we give ourselves a hard time. We beat ourselves up. It's not worth it. Right. Let it go. Here you are. You woke up. You're breathing. You welcome to another day at life, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. shit, you can make changes. And Going back to what I was saying before, the human body is so incredibly miraculous that it can make, it's like, talk about making a comeback. It can like, if you just feed it good thoughts and good foods and and take on some good, nice lifestyle changes, it'll, it'll do whatever it needs to do and it'll take care of itself. It's 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like your... Your body is actually very resilient yes. and it will, it'll correct itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we want to do is we want to do slow, gradual change because I know that a lot of listeners right now are like, okay, I need to overhaul my life. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that because it's going to be too uncomfortable and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to stick to those habits. Yep. So what you want to do is you want to start small. Don't do the all or nothing thing. You can totally half-ass your health. Like, yes. seriously. Yeah. You can get really far by just having another glass of water or eating one less cookie or going for a 10-minute walk. Like, yeah. I have a, an episode on my podcast called It All Adds Up. And it's all about how it does mm-hmm. all add up. And so I love the idea that you're talking about about future version of yourself because... Mm-hmm. That is what I use to inform what I'm going to do today. So there's a quote that says, who you are or what, yeah, who you are becoming is Mm -hmm. way more important than what you do. However, Mm -hmm. what you do informs who you are becoming. Oh. Right? Yeah, I got to think about that one. (laughs) Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is it's okay to miss a day of exercise or it's okay to eat ice cream. Like one thing isn't going to make that big of a deal. However, what Mm. you do on a consistent basis is going to create who you become in the future. Yeah. And actually it's like dieting is so stressful on your body, on your mind and, and giving ourselves a hard time. Like, oh my God, I ate that piece of cake. Instead of going, yep, I eat that piece of cake and just being okay with it. And the next day, like, okay, it's fine. I'll get back on track get back on track. 
that is, I think the stress is the worst part of it all. And how you think, right. And how you think of things, how you think of the foods that you put into your body and how you move and when you move and the types of exercise, don't overthink it. Because I think that we stress so much. And I'll, I mean, I'll admit, like, just you go on social media or, you know, looking on TV, it's there's it, you were bombarded with so many messages of it. It's great. And on one hand, it's great that we now have access to so many people that can teach us about health and well being. And, and a lot of times, though, it can be overwhelming like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like, analysis is paralysis. So a lot of people will, Go, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. So they don't really know where to start. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that one of the complexities there is aging, which we yeah. haven't really talked about yet. Yeah. That we all think, well, so first, our society rewards youth, right? And so we're all in this phase where we're moving out of that yeah. youthful stage. Yep. Our body is changing. It doesn't recover like it used to. Um, We cannot use calories in versus calories out as a way of maintaining our weight. And what I mean by that is I remember that when I learned that exercise was not a way to burn calories, Mm -hmm. my head pretty much exploded. And what I mean by that is that we need to decouple exercise from the calories out part of the equation. And as we move into menopause and perimenopause, we really need to think about exercise as stress management Mm -hmm. and as, um, yeah, just mental release. Right. Exactly. Just moving your body. As a matter of fact, I'm sure you've heard of the blue zones, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I might talk about that a lot on the show and Dan Buettner and, and, the people, the the centurions, people that have lived, you know, past a hundred years old, they did not belong to a gym. They weren't doing like a bunch of crazy exercises. They literally just moved their bodies and they moved their bodies because they were walking to the grocery store or they were mopping the floors there. And, you know, especially as Americans, like we, it's great that we have all these, you know, we have things like Uber and DoorDash and all these wonderful things and Amazon that can get us stuff like, Ed, let me, I'm just going to order this on my phone and have someone bring it to my door. Like, think about like, if you were to actually track, you know, if you're into tracking steps, if you were to track your steps, which is really just tracking movement, you moving mm-hmm. your body, if you were to track that, leaving your house, going to the grocery store and going to pick up you know, some broccoli or whatever, some water, how many steps you would get just doing that? Yeah. Rather than just ordering it on your phone. Absolutely. And what I want to add to that is that we know that like spending all of your energy at the gym for an hour and then going home and being sedentary is not as effective as being active all day. Going back to something that you were saying about the centurion's uh, just moving their bodies. Like yeah. I started out as a personal trainer and I remember one day like having this realization that a weight, like a 15 yeah. pound weight, it's only purpose is actually to be heavy. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, That's the dumbest thing. Why am I doing this? <laughs> like, why aren't we out in nature and like picking up rocks or stuff like that? Yes. Do anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, talking about what we were taught back in our 20s and 30s, uh-huh. it was all about the cardio. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I do better. My, and this goes back to listening to your body. Mm-hmm. Everybody is different. Yeah. And you have, like, once you tap in and learn what your body needs, it makes it so much easier on yourself. It and does. you'll you'll notice, I think, that things just kind of fall into place. You'll naturally lose those last five pounds. You'll naturally just feel better, your joints. But for me, I love yoga. I love hiking. Like this, the spinning and all those crazy classes and the aerobics that I used to do. I'm like, oh, you know, and I actually lose weight so much quicker just by doing some slower movements. But like you said, I love that you said, about moving consistently throughout the day. 
You don't just do one burst, one hour burst of energy, and then you're done. Right. Okay. I checked the box. I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But going back to what you were saying about everybody is different. And that goes to food as well. Like yeah. when you can really pay attention to, because we all know that friend who's on vegan and doing great. And then another friend who's yeah. on keto and they're doing great. And so one thing that I think is really super important is that if someone suggests a way of eating for you and it doesn't work out for you, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you and your body. It just right. means that there are a million different ways that you can get to your goal, whatever that goal is, and that just wasn't one of them. Exactly. So how do you how do you know? How do you find out? Yeah, good question. So I work with my clients in paying attention to five different what I call biomarkers. Mm. The five biomarkers are um, your sleep quality, your energy levels, your hunger, your appetite, and your mood. Mm. And so what we want to do is we want to look at how are those for you? So are you waking up in the middle of the night? And I can give you an example of this. So I gave you the example of the wine earlier, but Mm. when I was going through this process myself, I started getting hot flashes and I started waking up in the middle of the night. And what we know is two things. One is that for many of us, that we will wake up in the middle of the night because our blood sugar crashes. Yes. So wake up because our body's saying, hey, you need to eat something. Mm-hmm. Or uh, for myself, I was getting hot flashes in the middle of the night. And so what I did was I noticed, well, I was going to a coach at that time and mm-hmm. she suggested that I play around with my carbohydrate or starch content in my last meal of the day. Uh. And so I eliminated all of it. And that's the same thing I did when I actually went through menopause Mm -hmm. and I was getting hot flashes just during the day. This was specifically at night. And I noticed that my night sweats went away. Yes. And then I started adding, I started playing around and saying, okay, so what if I have beans? What if I have carrots? What if I have rice? What if I have potatoes? What if I have this or that? And I noticed which carbohydrates did create the night sweats and which yes. ones didn't. That's so interesting. I learned, uh, so I got certified in yoga at the Chopra Center and I learned a lot about Ayurveda yeah. and the Pitta Vata Kapha. And I mean, if you can imagine, I'm definitely a Pitta. I'm like on fire all the time. <laughs> but I, it taught me a lot about the foods that I was eating. I can't eat spicy stuff. Like, and you know, like how it's like, oh, it's cool. There's like, oh, eat this. It's fine. Like, I can't, like, I'll be miserable, you know? Uh And for me, I had to eat more cooling food. So like the vegetables, like if I, if I'm experiencing a lot of hot flashes or, or if I'm going through like a stressful period of my life where I'll naturally just my energy will be higher. And so naturally I'll be hotter and right. Mm -hmm. So then I'll do juicing, like vegetable juicing. And that Mm -hmm. totally, it's like, totally cools my body off. Now for somebody else, that may not be the case. They might need more warming foods, spicier foods, things like that. So it's kind of learning what your body likes and doesn't like. Exactly. Just by paying attention to those five different biomarkers. Like I can give you another example that one of my clients when we first started working together, she was like, I don't eat breakfast. Breakfast makes me hungrier later in the day. And yeah, I don't remember how, but I kind of convinced her, let's try it, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So she was eating a high protein breakfast. Mm -hmm. She went on, or she didn't go on vacation. She went on a business meeting Mm -hmm. and she found herself in the kitchen eating pretzels at three o'clock in the day. And she was like, what the heck am I doing? Why am I eating these? And she was able to go back to her breakfast at the hotel, realize that she had, I think, yogurt and oatmeal, which by every account for everyone Mm -hmm. who's listening, that's a healthy meal, right? right? Right. But it didn't have enough protein in it for her and her body, which Mm -hmm. then created this craving later on in the day. Uh, And so for most of us, if we weren't tuned into that, 
we yeah. would be like, oh, I'm such an asshole because, can I swear? Sorry. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Fuck yes, you can. <laughs> I'm such an asshole because I couldn't stick to my quote unquote diet. I shouldn't yes. be eating pretzels. Yes. But it's not the pretzels. It's not from a lack of like knowing or right. willpower or anything like that. It's your body's physiology. Yes. Yep. And you're learning. Like, it's okay. So you don't beat yourself up. If you ate something, you're like, ooh, that did not feel good. And you wake up the next day. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so bloated. I feel like I just gained five pounds. Like, it's okay. The same way you put on that extra weight, you can take it back off. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so like going back to future self talk, Mm -hmm. like how I am able to stay away from pretzels or things that don't do well for me Yep, is I think about the version of myself who I'm going to be tomorrow. So yeah. if I, you know, eat pancakes for some, for example, mm-hmm. I love pancakes. Yes. They do not make me feel good. Yeah. Pancakes. I'm going to be sluggish and bloated and gross later on. I know. I can have one pancake, Yeah, but I can't have like a stack of three. Yeah, And so how do I resist that? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to feel good later on. And so that yes. becomes more important to me than the temporary pleasure of eating the pancake or the cookie or the whatever. Yes, exactly. So you had, you had mentioned hunger and appetite. What yeah. do you mean b- between those two? What are, what are the differences between those? I think I said uh, cravings and appetite. Did I not? I meant to say cravings and appetite. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said hu- hunger and then appetite okay. on the I biomarkers apologize. or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So cravings is like, okay. um, you know, those three o'clock cravings or okay. craving meat or craving something like yeah. after dinner or whatever. And then yep. appetite is just the amount of food that you eat at any given meal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Sorry about you know, that. I was just, I was just thinking too about, and we all will experience stressful times in our lives. It's guaranteed. Yeah. Like it's just mm-hmm. if our parents are, you know, they're aging, they're getting sick or things are going on with our family, we're going through a divorce or career changes, there's shit that's going to be happening. It's we have a tendency that when things are crumbling down around us, we crumble on the inside and then everything like our diet, our sleep, our movement, everything just go, you know, but, and this is like, I'm actually going through something right now in my own personal life where the old Wendy out of old habits would have, everything's crumbling, you know, around me. So I'm going to crumble on the inside, the heck with eating good, the heck, I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I would even put it out there. Like a Okay, I'm just not going to be sleeping well. I'm not, I'm not going to be doing this and that. I just can't. And, is yeah. what it is. I, yeah. I can't deal with that right now. Yes, exactly. So instead, I was like, you know what? This time around, I'm going to do my my eighty, my ninety, hundred year old self a favor, and actually go through this stressful period in my life right now with strength and resilience and. Mm-hmm. No, what the things that I know, I'm like, okay, we're going to apply that. You don't throw that shit out the window when everything goes to shit. Like, if anything, you turn it up more. So right right now, I am living and loving and laughing more right now. You know, like I'm eating better. I'm I actually just started training for a marathon and I'm doing things that lots of self-love and self-care. That's what it comes down to. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that is actually, I love that you brought this up because that is actually the one reason why I actually started being a life coach. When Mm -hmm. I started out in health and fitness, I was a personal trainer and I was a nutritionist. And it was really frustrating to me because I would work with my clients. We would get their eating on track. We would get their, you know, exercise. They would be in this great routine. And then something would happen that would pull the rug right from under them. So whether it was like they got busy at work, their kid got in trouble, you know, all of the things that you mentioned. And 
it was always really frustrating for me as their trainer. Like I couldn't, I didn't feel equipped to talk to them about their financial problems or their marriage or anything like that. And so through the coaching program that I'm certified in, we do something that's called the think, feel, act cycle. And so what that means is that our thoughts, well, so what it does, first of all, let me introduce it, is it was a huge, just green light moment for me because I was like, okay, so we talk about preventative eating, we talk about preventative exercise, Mm -hmm. but we don't have anything that's preventative for stress. And so this allowed me to teach my clients how to not give up on themselves, basically. Right, right. And so the think, feel, act cycle Mm -hmm. is merely that our thoughts actually make us feel something and Mm -hmm. how we feel will drive all of our actions. So therefore, when you promise yourself that you're going to exercise and you're not feeling motivated to do it, right? Because Mm -hmm. motivation is a feeling and we, yeah, motivation is so fickle. Instead, we're like, yeah, I'd really rather just sit here on the couch. Like my thought is that this is going to be hard. I don't want to do it, right? And so how do we get ourselves to do those things? How do we think about our problems in a way that it doesn't impact ourselves and our self-esteem? And Yeah. Change your thoughts and you change your body, you change your life, you change your world. It all starts with your thoughts. And that becomes, you you have to be mindful then. You have to be paying attention to the thoughts that you're thinking. And you know, the, the old Wendy would have, w- was in the mindset of, if I don't stop everything in my life to take care of everybody else, mm, then that's, yeah. that's being selfish. I, I have to completely abandon Wendy in yeah. order to take care of everybody else. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's like, and you know, it's funny, like if, when you do really pay attention to your thoughts and your beliefs, when you say it out loud, like really what it comes down to, you're like, oh my God, that is such crap. Yeah. That is like, why, how is it that me not taking care of myself doesn't mean that I don't care or love for the other people around me? Well, and it's such a double-edged sword too, yeah. because yeah. women are socialized one that yep. we cannot say no. We are taught that we have to put on um, someone, we have to take care of others. I abhor the oxygen mask analogy because it says, put on your own oxygen mask so that you can take care of others. That's BS. Put on Mm. your own oxygen mask because you're an effing human being and you deserve oxygen. Yep. And then you can figure out, do I want to put on anyone else's oxygen mask, right? Um, but then we're also beaten up. We're judged for not taking care of our bodies Uh at the same time. Yes, I know. It's just so ass backwards. Yeah. We've got to change this. We really do. I mean, you and I talked about before we hit record and as women, we all have to come together and we have to take care of each other. We have to change this whole mindset of let's just put ourselves last in order to make everybody else feel better and happier. Like, no, no. Well, what's and funny about, about that? that? Well, I, I was listening to, or I was reading a book and they were talking about how women are, we are raised to be nice right? We're the nice little girl, the good girl. And what happens is as we get older, we're never told like, okay, you can stop that now. Right. Right. And so we become the nice wife or we have to act in this good role. We have to be the good daughter, the good sister, the good friend, the good wife, the good employee, the good boss, the good everything. Right. And everyone else's needs come before our own. Yeah. We are good to everyone else, but we are not kind to ourselves. And when we can't be kind to ourselves, we can't be kind to others. So 
this movement that we're talking about of really having a sisterhood between women in midlife has to start on the inside. It has to start with you. And this was my word for 2023 was kindness. Like I need to be kind to myself before I can be kind to anyone else. And that is my number one priority this year. Yes. That's when my life completely changed was when I finally started to love Wendy. And by loving Wendy, I mean actually speaking kind words to myself. When you do stop and listen to those thoughts that are swirling around in your mind, you know, a kajillion times a day, you realize what you're saying. And it's awful. Like our, we, if we, like, if you think about it, if that voice was a friend of yours, a quote unquote friend of yours, they wouldn't be your friend anymore. Be like, why are you talking to me that way? Like, get out of my life. So you have to change. Like, I always say, like, you're either going to be, you know, it's like your best friend or your worst enemy, either like your cheerleader or your critic. And you decide. Like if you if you want to be a control freak in your life, control that. Control how you think about yourself, how you talk to yourself. And once you flip that, and it takes a lot of practice and a lot of work, right? To change mm-hmm. that. But once you do, then it then that becomes a habit. Being kind to yourself and loving to yourself. And I find myself even just yesterday, you know, it's like we're not perfect and you have to catch it. And it's like I said something, I was like, that's not nice. That's not nice to yourself. I'm like, don't change that, you know, change that. And then, and then boom, you just, it, it becomes like you create a habit of loving yourself. Well, yeah, it just becomes a different way that you talk to yourself. Yes. And I think that for many listeners, they're probably thinking to themselves, well, yeah, but (laughs) if I don't do that, then I'll be complacent. I won't want to Mm. improve. Like Mm. it's my body is not okay as it is right now. Mm. And if I am nice to myself, then Mm. that means that I'm going to keep gaining weight. And what I want to suggest is that no, that's absolutely not true. That someone yeah. who overeats, someone who eats the wrong things, um, like overeats to the point where like your sides, like Thanksgiving, like yeah. that yeah. does not feel good. Right. Now that's not to say that I never overeat. I sometimes do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, mm-hmm. it's not the the pattern that I typically have anymore. Exactly. And so, like, once you can really get on your own side, mm-hmm. then your life will change. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. And you're not meant to be perfect. Like, you're no. perfectly imperfect. It's everything is fine. Like, I, as a matter of fact, the other day I went, I went out to breakfast with the kids and with my two youngest, and my son ordered this, like, trio or something of these different pancakes and it just same thing right pancakes oh i love pancakes <laughs> and i was like oh my god i'm not probably won't have any of that and then it got to the table i was like i have to have some and yeah afterwards i was like oh my stomach hurts a little bit i was like but you know what i didn't resort to that thinking of i shouldn't have had that that's ridiculous how dare you eat that oh my gosh it's so bad you probably gained five pounds for one pancake Whatever. I was like, instead, I thought, oh, I'll digest that in the next 45 minutes. I'll feel better. I'll drink some more water. It's okay. But gosh, that pancake was so fucking good. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's, like, that's actually it. the process. It's yes. like, okay, so I was talking about wine earlier. Yeah. Like, who's to say that you can yeah. still make choices, but now yeah. you know what the consequences of those choices are. Right. So you can have that third glass of wine knowing that yes. you're just going to be up all night. And you've right. made that a conscious decision rather yeah. than going on autopilot and feeling completely out of control. Yes, exactly. And all these changes, uh, you know, we talked about menopause a little bit there. I mean, it's all the mm-hmm. craze these days. Yeah. Um, but all of these changes can help with all your menopause symptoms and perimenopause. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, like yeah. when you can pay attention to how food makes you feel, mm-hmm. um, and I actually have a series of it in the 110s about mm-hmm. um, how nutrition will impact your hormones, how physical activity mm-hmm. will impact your hormones, and then how sleep, stress, and recovery will impact your hormones as well. Yeah. Um, yes. So if the listeners need any other resources, those are available too. Yeah, that is awesome. And sleep. I think that was like your number one biomarker, right? Was was rest. Yeah. Our bodies mm-hmm. need to rest. Well, yeah. And because mm-hmm. as we move into the menopause years, out of reproductive years, what happens is our bodies become more sensitive to insulin and mm-hmm. more reactive to stress. Now, yep. many of the women listening are like, I'm not stressed. And that's just because you're a frog in a boiling pot. Like you think about your 20 year old self. If you were to drop her into your life today, she would freak the F out, right? (laughs) Right, I know. Oh my God, so many moving parts. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, And have you ever had that situation where you've been in a highly stressed uh, part of your life and then you get out of it and you're like, how the heck did I I deal? I know, yes, all the time. Yeah, that is what's going to happen to all of the listeners. They're like, I'm not stressed. Well, once you get into retirement, you're going to be like, oh, how did I do that? Like, I don't know. And so it's really super important for us to prioritize sleep, to prioritize self-care time. And when I'm talking about self-care time, I am not talking about manicures, massages, and facials, although those things are lovely. Yes. It's really about taking downtime. Maybe it's connection with your friend. Maybe it's connection mm-hmm. with your partner or your kids or whatever. So at a point where you're not moving, 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 moving and doing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's just taking a break from all of it, you know, and it's not a form of distraction. It's a, it's a healthy form of, of distraction and just taking a break from all the stress. Go for a walk or go with a friend and talk about anything other than <laughs> what's going on, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. that's a good thing for you. Like f- do things that feed your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so for many of us, we just like go to the default, whether that's scrolling social media or getting consumed in Netflix or eating, or, you know, we can also use quote unquote healthy ways of disassociating from our stress as well, like exercise or, you know, other things as well. I think it was Einstein that said, you can't solve your problems with the same level of thinking that created it. Yeah. Which is so genius. Mm-hmm. So it, it all, again, goes back to how you think and changing your mindset. And you can. And you can, yeah. you can change. You're never too old to change your thinking, your actions, your behaviors, your habits, your actions. You're never, ever, ever too old. Well, and to follow on that with the diet, because we've been mm-hmm. talking about that, is yeah. the Diet is the food problem. You don't need to know any more of what to do. Yeah. It's how to think about it. Like that's the problem. Like if you are struggling with eating healthier or staying on a specific plan, the plan getting a new plan isn't going to change that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like nowadays, because there's so much coming at us of all sorts of different things and different topics and different inventions. We don't need to reinvent the human body. Like it's looking worth, you know what I it's mean? It's doing fine just it's as it is. just fine. Y'all just like stop it. Like relax. Like it's, and it really is going back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Good sleep, good healthy food, good thoughts, connecting with, you know, people, your friends, your family laughing more, living more, loving more. It's not, it's not rocket science, really. It really is not. Yeah. Yeah, So I have a tool that the listeners can get, which is called the eight basic habits that healthy people do. And Mm -hmm. it's exactly that. Like if you are so many women that I talk to are moving on to those advanced level diet things. But if you don't have the advanced if you don't have your foundation in place, those yeah. advanced things aren't going to work. You're building something on a house of cards. Yes. Yep. And it'll, that'll just crumble. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
And I think, you know, it's uh, life is short, right? So now is the time. Yeah. You don't, you don't have, you don't wait, like, let's go. Like you, cause you don't know. And it's better to just go ahead and feed your, your body and mind and your soul with good things so that you can have a good future so that you can play with the grandchildren one day and you can go travel. And, and I think that's the thing too, right? We think about midlife and back in our twenties and thirties, like, oh my God, I can't wait till I'm retired and <clears throat> kids are out of the house and I can go do more things. Well, you're not gonna be able to do that if you're not healthy. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to go to your deathbed thinking about, oh, I wish I was thinner. Like, let's get rid of that thought now. Let's Mm -mm. dismantle that and like allow yourself to move on to your retirement with a clean head. Yes. Yeah. The things that we, if you think about it, like what we worry about on a daily basis, when you get to the end of your life, those are, they're so silly. (laughs) That's not what you're going to be thinking about. I mean, I will, I talk about like with decluttering and things like that, right? Like I'm not going to be thinking about my pottery barn couch that I like (laughs) was obsessed about, you know, for the long, I've got to get this couch. Like I'm not going to be thinking about that damn couch on my deathbed, (laughs) you know, or that those jeans I wish I could have fit into. Like who cares? Yes. You're just not not going to be thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I put a post on, it was a few weeks ago, and it was about like the top regrets of the dying. And the number one was not being true to yourself. Mm. Like lis- basically listening to others of how you should be, listening to society, listening to social media, friends, family, and not actually doing what you really want to do with you. Yeah, I think that that's yeah. one of the amazing things about moving into midlife. Like I'm 55, yeah. I'll be 55 this year. And I have been shedding those layers of external judgment. The people yeah. whose opinions count, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as I talked about before, like self-kindness is my number one priority. And yes. I'm kind of moving up there in the ranks too about, well, my opinion matters more than anyone else's. Right. You'll find too, though, I don't know if you experience this, as you change and as you take better care of yourself and care less about stupid crap, the people around you are like, what is she doing? Why is she acting that way? Why isn't she dropping everything to take care of me right now? And you have to let that take its course. Yeah, and you absolutely. still you have to stand in your power. You have to remind yourself of your importance and your strength and your love for for you. And people will figure. Don't let them be. I that it, it that can be the hardest thing is to still take care of you and just allow others to just think and feel whatever they want to. Yeah, like you're changing the rules, and so oh, yeah. people like certainty. Yeah. And so by you changing the rules, it's completely throwing them off guard. They will eventually get on board. Yep. Or get out of the way. Or not. Yeah, exactly. Or not. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you provide coaching and workshops, right? I do. I do. I have um, a number of webinars and free classes on my website if people are interested in that. Um, Everything about health and wellness for women in midlife. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are watching, well, if you're not watching, if you're just listening to the podcast, go, you got to check her out on YouTube because she's 50, you're 55 and you look amazing. Well, thank you. You look amazing. So, yeah. Too. Well, thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> my RV here. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely made some great changes in your life. And here, yeah. this is the, this is the result of all those wonderful changes you made. Well, it's so funny. So a friend of my husband's girlfriend commented to him that, like, what do I do? And he was like, I think she tells you all of that in her podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just follow her online. She lays it all out yes, of what her process is. Yeah. And like, see, we need more. We need more of you out there in the world. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It'll be neat though, right? If you think about this here, we'll say I'm 50 or 55. Wonder what it'll be like, you know, 20 years from now. 
what society is going to be like. And, and now there's more focus on menopause, excuse me. And I'm in the desert, so it's so dry here. I can't, (laughs) can't stand it. (laughs) But you think about it here, we're finally focusing on all these things and it's, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited that we are able to pave the way for the the younger generation. Yeah. Um, and I I so wish that we had you know our elders to do it for us, but they yeah. did what they could. Consider. Exactly. They were doing what they were taught and then yeah. now we're we're teaching some new really cool stuff. Exactly. I love yeah. it. So where can we find you? You can find me. I'm hanging out a lot on Instagram right now. You can find yeah. me at Done With Dieting Podcast. Uh, I am also on Facebook, although it's pretty much the same thing. So yeah. choose, choose <laughs> yeah, yours. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can find me on my website at elizabethsherman.com. I love it. Yeah, I have the... Um... It's I call it the spaghetti theory. So I just like, I'll make one piece of content and I throw it everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. See what sticks. Whatever one sticks, sticks, you know, but you can find me somewhere, right? We can find (laughs) Elizabeth somewhere out there. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah. I am so glad that we connected. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah. It's like every time I do one of these, I'm like, Ooh, I want to go for a walk. I want to eat some broccoli. I want to like take extra good care of myself. So I needed this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.